The Heather McCoy Show. Welcome to the Heather McCoy Show. Um, in our middle segment, we'll, today we'll finally get to the hilarity that ensues when Bob Eubanks and Stephanie Edwards host a Rose Parade. That segment was delayed uh, last week due to the untimely death of Hill Hauser, who is having a memorial service today and I hope to be attending. Um, then rounding out the hour, Robert Larson will join us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. But first, we'll start off with our regular contributor, the blogger behind fillthescheme.com, Neil DeMoss. Welcome to the show, Neil. Morning, Heather. Morning. Um, so since uh, the NFL playoffs are in full swing and the Super Bowl is right around the corner, I'll start off in Santa Clara, where one of the things promised to the city in exchange for a new stadium uh, for the 49ers was a host of Super Bowl for what on the surface seemed like an additional tax revenue uh, to pay off for the stadium. But as you write this week, it turns out that hosting a Super Bowl might be, as you quote, a less of a promise than a threat. Um, what are some of the outrageous demands that the NFL uh, has given to uh, Santa Clara to host a Super Bowl? Yeah, well, first of all, I should say it's not just, they're not just demanding of Santa Clara. They give outrageous demands to everybody. Okay. Um, so this is sort of their standard boilerplate, you know, so you want to host a Super Bowl, here's what you have to do for us <laughs> thing. Um, it ranges from they want a kickback of tax revenue on uh, anything, you know, sold uh, directly related to the Super Bowl. Um, they want to be able to lease uh, not just the stadium in Santa Clara, but uh, a lot of the rest, of other other uh, sites in Santa Clara, the convention center, parking lots, things like that, for below market rates. Um, you know, th- this is the same sort of stuff that we've seen in other cities. I mean, in Indianapolis a couple of years ago had the uh, had the uh, uh, sorry, the last year sorry had Super Bowl had uh, and uh, we're expecting to make money on it and wound up taking a small loss on it because there was, you know, so much that they had to put up. You know, obviously there's, there's increased, you know, police and uh, uh, security costs and things like that. So Santa Clara is one of the two cities, um, you know, that's right now a finalist for, uh, for the next Super Bowl to be announced. And now they're, <laughs> they're trying to decide whether or not they actually want to do this. Because the other piece of this, of course, is that Santa Clara wouldn't be the official host city. San Francisco would, so a lot yeah. of the events would take place in San Francisco, and people would just go down to Santa Clara for the actual game itself. So when people are just going there for the game, and then any money they spend on the game, Santa Clara doesn't get any sales tax on it because they have to kick it back to the NFL, uh, it starts to look like less of a great deal. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, what? I mean, was this a gradual thing that the NFL has gotten the gall to make such demands? Um, have they gotten away with it in the past? Obviously, so. Um, so um, why not keep attacking more on insane provisions to the Super Bowl? When's the breaking point on this? Um, I guess the breaking point is where cities stop bidding. Um, but presumably, you know, the NFL, you know, this is a league that has has. And a sports industry that has, you know, uh, operated on the basis of let's jack up pri- ticket prices every year and see when people start screaming. So they they have plenty of experience with, um, <laughs> you know, no, I'm serious. That's their business model, right? You yeah. Know? So they have plenty of experience with let's ask a little more, ask a little more, ask a little more. We'll know when we've reached the when we reach the limit. Um, and I think if Santa Clara says no, then clearly they'll have to ratchet down their demands a little bit next time. Um, but, uh, you know, it's the same thing we've seen with the Olympics. You know, the Olympics at this point, they ask cities to put up, you know, a huge bond in order to, to guarantee that uh, any losses from the Olympics will be made whole. They ask, you know, them to build all these new facilities. 
And, it, you know, again, like you're saying, over the years, all these events have seen, okay, if we can get cities to bid against each other, how do we capture, you know, the, uh, the value of that and get them to actually give us something in terms of, uh, in terms of, of revenue rather than just, uh, you know, us just handing it to whoever, you know, is the winning bid. So, um, you know, I think this is mostly just a lesson that, you know, we've talked before about how Super Bowls don't do a whole lot for local economies. Um, but really, if you're building a stadium with the hopes of, uh, of getting a Super Bowl, that's a terrible reason to do it because it's not going to benefit you pretty much at all. <laughs> yeah. Is it better than an all-star game for baseball? Because that's what Bud Selig always tries to uh, get deals done with stadiums by. Um, they're both pretty bad. Um, the Super Bowl has the advantage that it goes on for an entire week. You know, that's the, true. The Super Bowl week, you know, events go on yeah. for, for a week. So you've got, you know, people in town for longer. The downside, as some economists have found, is that a lot of people don't come in un- except for just the game or a couple of days around the game, but you have to book hotel rooms for a week in advance. So you've got all these empty hotel rooms. The hotels still get paid, but it means that nobody else can stay in those rooms, and so you're driving away tourists who might be coming to town and spending money going out to restaurants or you know theater or whatever else you'd have. Yeah. So um, I, I think I think it's pretty much a wash. You know, Super Bowls, All Star Games, NCAA Final Fours, Olympics. Um, a lot of economists have looked at these and found that you know not many of them have much impact either way. Yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, franchise roulette. Last week, Virginia Beach finally gave up on trying to build an arena with Comcast to lure the Sacramento Kings of the NBA. Uh, that, but that just means one less uh, potential destination is off the table for the Kings. Um, what are the latest rumors with them? Oh, how long you got? <laughs> so, <laughs> there's. You know, the, the funny thing about the Virginia thing was everybody was sort of waiting on, you know, see what they were going to be announcing, if anything. And then so they announced, okay, we're, we're not doing this. And somehow this seemed to open the floodgates for rumors about, okay, the Kings are moving to Seattle. Um, and officially, nothing has happened. Nothing has changed in the last week. Unofficially, you know, everybody and their sister um, on Twitter has been saying, oh, you know, I've heard that the team's about to be sold. No, I've heard that. There was uh, uh, an offer from Chris Hansen in Seattle, but it was rejected. Oh, I've heard that there hasn't been an offer. They haven't even the talks haven't even gotten that far. So pretty much pick a rumor, and somebody has put it forward. Yeah. Um, the latest is either that um, the Maloofs are talking seriously to Hansen about selling the team to him, um, or I guess it would be about sixty percent of the team um, at a prorated value of like. I forget, it's like somewhere between 500 and 600 million for the whole team. Um, and then the team would move to Seattle. Or there's, you know, a, a whole bunch of different people around Sacramento who are rumored to be trying to bid. And, and the mayor, Kevin Johnson, is saying, oh, you know, I'm going to pull out all the stops to see if we can get a local bidder. Uh, there's no particular incentive for the Maloofs to move quickly. Um, you know they can they can you know keep the two sides bidding against each other and any other side they can get to work to you know throw in a bid um, as long as they want the the deadline would be March 1st where they've uh, got to announce that they're you know tell the NBA that they're moving if they're going to do that um, but you know as we've seen before with the Maloofs they they're happy to blow deadlines 
So they <laughs> yeah. decide, okay, you know what? Let's uh, let's drag this out a little longer and, and talk about a move for 2014. Yeah, and they certainly could do that. Yeah, uh, how did the current owners of the Kings and Luke players get into uh, 200 to 300 million dollars in debt to Sacramento, and how did the city allow the debt to grow that large? You know, it's really complicated. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, it has to do with the original financing of the arena and how a lot of this was refinanced. You know, the Maloofs have all these other business dealings that uh, that uh, they ha- have not been doing all that well on, you know, including Vegas casinos. And uh, there's there's been a lot of refinancing, basically, you know. Oh, okay. I mean, the answer is when you – when you're short on cash and you have an asset that's worth cash, you borrow against the value of it, and uh-huh. I think uh, I think that's what we've seen with the Kings. So, um, but you know, if the sale prices we're talking about are realistic, um, then the Maloofs are going to be able to come away with enough money to pay off their debts and possibly have some money left over on top of that. So, uh, you know, it, 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 I think at this point the the question just is when are the Maloofs actually pull the trigger and decide? You know, do and I think we lost him, unfortunately. Uh, boy. Yeah, there we go. That was a weird f- phone call conversation. Let's try to get him back, and then we'll do that. But, yeah, so the Maloof brothers have been trying to... Um, they, they've they been trying to basically... Um, uh, let's see if we have them. Um, so, yeah, the Maloof brothers... Have basically been trying to uh, get out of the spits or out of the basketball business and back into the winery business, and it's not going so well, uh, honestly. And so, you know, you know, the thing is always, uh, you know, the th- what's the word? The time is always long in in sports, and so you basically, um, you know, you you can wait these things out. Um, let's see if we know we don't still. We I'm here. Oh, yeah. you oh you we're back. Yep. Oh, good. Just came back. <laughs> Just came back. Great. That was that was strange. So, um, yep. w- <laughs> anyways, um, w- will the city ever collect that two hundred or three hundred million? Um, or is the situation yeah, going to be they like? Should. I mean, if, if if we're talking about this, you know, the sale price that uh, that uh, Hanson is rumored to be putting up, then the Maloof should be able to recoup enough to pay that back and uh, and you know have a little bit left over. Um, you know, at this point, it's just a matter of when the Maloofs pull the trigger, you know? I yeah. Mean, they, they've got an offer on the table, and are they finally willing to sell the team and be rid of it, or do they want to try and hold on to some piece of it, as, it's, as you know, people are saying they want to do? I don't think anybody's going to really go for that, you know, let them still have a role in owning the team, because there's such pains in the butt from all accounts. Yeah. But, uh yeah, we'll see. Well, I was thinking it might end up like the situation in Detroit where the Red Wings were supposed to share cable money with the city in exchange for building Joe Louis Arena, but that money was never really collected. Right. Well, the thing, if they stay in Sacramento, that's where you have to worry about it, right? Yeah. Because if there's like, okay, we want to sell, you know, we will sell to a local owner in Sacramento if you forgive some of this money that we owe you or if you allow us to push it way down the road or something like that, you know, defer it indefinitely. Yeah. And that's the part where you have to worry about, right? Are they going to go back to the city of Sacramento and say, okay, you know, we're ready to sell to Seattle. You know, you've got a local buyer, but we want more money from them. You know, how about you find some way of uh, of making it more worth our while? And that's, that's definitely a worry. Um, you know, I don't know if Sacramento... You know, it was never clear whether Sacramento had the money to actually put up towards this arena deal in the first place. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, so I don't know if they can come up with more. But uh, 
really anything could happen. This, you know, we're talking about <laughs> the Kings of the Blues. I would not put anything as beyond possibility. So, I mean, how much leverage do they have? I mean, do you think they're out of money? As, as That's the age-old question, but it seems like uh, to get back in the liquor business, they need to sell the Kings. It would seem like they are. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, though, you don't really need a whole lot of leverage, right? You only yeah. need two bidders to make bidding war. That's true. Um, and, you know, they, yeah, they they want the money and they want, you know, presumably to cash out at least part of their value of the team, but they don't have to do it right now. So if they can actually get, you know, Seattle and Sacramento, um, you know, bidding against each other, then that's a huge, I mean, look, uh, uh, Mario Lemieux with the Pittsburgh Penguins managed to get a bidding war going without <laughs> any other bidders. He just flew to Kansas City and came back, and then said, "Okay, Pittsburgh, you got to, you know, you've got to come up with something." And we've seen that b- before in other places as well. So I, I think having having an actual bidder in another city is is a huge piece of leverage for him. You know, even, for for the Maloofs, rather, you know, even if uh, if you know they have their own financial troubles. They're an odd couple. Um, so, anyways, uh, we're gonna end off with the Dodgers. Um, although the Dodgers spent 100 million dollars this offseason upgrading up their privately owned Dodger Stadium, and didn't ask for taxpayers' help, unlike the Carolina Panthers and what they're currently doing. Uh, do you? Th- why do the Dodger locations rumors persist and still fly around? Uh, what are the long-term plans for the Dodgers stadium-wise? I don't think they have long-term plans. I think they're trying to keep their options open. Um, you know, they're doing these renovations, but they're very quick to say, well, this doesn't mean that we're doing like the Red Sox did and promising to stay put for the long run. Um, and, uh, you know, I think everybody's assumption is that this is just because there's, there, there's been so much talked about, rather, whether about building a new stadium for the Dodgers, about putting a new football stadium um, at, the, uh, at the Dodger Stadium site and moving the Dodgers elsewhere. Um, is any of that really going to happen? Probably not. But, um, you know, the owners of the Dodgers would be foolish to come out and say, okay, we're staying here, you know, for the next 30 years, and then next year somebody comes up with a plan that would uh, enable them to go build a new stadium somewhere else, and then they would have to turn around and say, and say uh, oh, okay, sorry, we didn't actually mean <laughs> that. So, you know, I, I think they're I think they're just hedging their bets at this point. Um and my guess is that they probably will, will stay put at Dodger Stadium, but you know, again, the the whole NFL football stadium thing is such a wild card and there's so many different options on the table there. Um that uh, it's still a possibility that something might, else might come up for the Dodgers. Do you think they'll ask for public financing or do you think they'll go private again? <sighs> um well, you know, they did get the land. <laughs> yeah, they did get the land. Uh, it wasn't entirely private the first time around. Uh, again, it depends on what the deal is. And if you're talking about something that's going to involve both baseball and football, um, it will probably be so complicated that even answering the question of is there public money going to the baseball stadium in particular might be unanswerable because it will be going to be you know, massive projects involving 16 different things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, sure, anything's possible, you know. I mean, again, they'd be, they'd be dumb not to ask, at least 
hold open the possibility of asking for public money. But, you know, that said, uh, the uh, ability of teams to get a lot of public money in California lately has not been great. So, um, you know, you would they wouldn't be they wouldn't be uh, betting the farm on it. Yeah. One last question about the Dodgers. Uh, will the Dodgers, with their capital uh, improvement project this offseason, be able to use a tax break put into the fiscal cliff legislation for how NASCAR owners uh, calculate their depreciation as part of their taxes? I don't think that it applies to that. They can. They, what the one thing they should be able to do is they get a break on their baseball revenue sharing because if you spend money on stadium upgrades, you get to get to knock that off of your uh, of your revenue for uh, for revenue sharing purposes, right? Okay. So, you know, all the all these players that they've signed, they can't you know deduct, deduct those costs, but you can deduct stadium costs. So so that'll help them a little bit. I mean, but you know, at this point, you know, if if all the talk about the Dodgers uh, cable deal is correct. Um, you know they're going to have so much money that it really doesn't. You know, <laughs> this is all a drop in the bucket. Whether you know player payroll spending on Dodger Stadium, um, you know, all of our speculation about you know what were they thinking when they bought the team for two billion dollars? Apparently, they were thinking cable money. You know, yeah, it will pay for all. <laughs> cable money. Yeah. Well, Dill DeMoss runs a great uh, blog site, fieldofschemes.com, and he has a book out by the same name. Thanks for rejoining us on the show. Absolutely. Talk to you next week. Okay. Talk to you next week. This is the Heather McCoy Show.